What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 37. Here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? 2022. I'm doing really, really well. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to everybody that uh, joins us here and, and that has listened to us along the way. But I'm ready. I'm ready to get 2022 started. Um, and now you're going to make me go down the 2021 rabbit hole, right, before we do this. Um, but Hey, you're excited for this new year? We're in a World Cup year. Mm-hmm. We are in a World Cup year. And me being Portuguese, like, I'm a, I'm nervous for March. <laughs> but that's a whole other debate. But yeah. being that the, that the end has happened. So 2021 is wrapped up. So yep. we thought we might as well say who was the best, the best 11 in the world, okay? So... Let's get it started with the goalkeeper. Who'd you got, Bretton? Who's your oh my be- the best goalkeeper? Best all right. 11. All right, all right. There's going to have to be some rationale here. Uh, <laughs> there's going to be a little bit of a dramatic pause, but I, I think I am going to go uh, at goalkeeper for 2021. My goalkeeper of the year is Thibaut Courtois. Hey. Yep. Okay. okay. And, okay. and there is, okay. okay, let's unpack this. We'll just unpack it quickly. But my goalkeeper is Thibaut Courtois. And I, okay, yeah, I picked him over Edouard Mendy. I picked him over Gianluigi Donnarumma. And um, Oblak. And, and, and Jan Oblak. And, and okay, I, I kicked out Oblak, and that has something to do with Atletico's form as of mm-hmm. late. Okay, so there's a little, definitely some recency bias here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Gianluigi Donnarumma, I mean, obviously he is the, the hands-on pick for, a whole lot of people. Hell, he won the Yashin Award. Okay, so mm-hmm. got it, right? Uh, Courtois, I'm looking at Steady Eddie. I'm looking at guy that's been there all year, been phenomenal for Real Madrid. They're on the ascendancy again. Um, and he was also great for, for Belgium in, in Euro 2020. Obviously, they ended up losing, I think it was, what, 2-1 to Italy, got kicked out by the eventual champions. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't necessarily put that at Courtois' feet. Um, he, he's just been rock solid and consistent um and then when you pair you know you pair that with Donnarumma who uh, hasn't exactly found his feet with PSG mm-hmm. um he's very well compensated uh, but he hasn't exactly found <laughs> his feet with PSG yet um this is not taking away from Donnarumma's Euro 2020 but come on he he sort of rode the back of that Euro 2020 performance um and uh for the sake of the whole 11 I'm putting together here Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why, that's why, um, Mendy doesn't get in either. It's exactly. why uh, Donnarumma, it doesn't get in. So, um, I know it, it's, it's not popular necessarily, but Thibaut Courtois, I think he could do worse. He's, he's been just absolutely consistent for Real Madrid this year. Yes, yes, yes. But Chelsea, like if it wasn't the consistency of Mendy last season, Chelsea yeah, sure. wouldn't have reached the Champions League final, nor yeah. the consistency to a Conte, like Conte was crucial to but uh it was the consistency of Mendy I think that was gave that inch but I'm gonna go with Donnarumma at the goal uh because I just feel like Donnarumma is generational talent all over him okay and I'm gonna stamp my choice okay with Donnarumma for the present and future of football at the goalie so now at the yeah, defense, here, but here's here's the crazy thing here's the crazy thing there's a good chance. There's a possibility. Mm. Well, good chance and possibility are two very different <laughs> things. But Gigi Donnarumma might not be at the World Cup. 2022 mm. might just be him in a PSG shirt. 
Brunson, if, don't get me, don't get you're getting me nervous, but you're getting me acting out. I know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I hope he doesn't. I look, respect to uh, the Azuri, okay, but yeah. I hope he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah. At the left, okay, I'm not gonna go noon mans. I'm just saying, okay, spoiler <laughs> alert, but I hope in three years' time I'm saying noon mans. Yeah. But at the left, my left back, the best left back in the world, it's Robertson, man. And it's not just wow. the quality of football. I think Robertson has something that he has a, an inch ahead of every single left back in the world. And the mental games that Robertson has, okay. he likes to dominate that left side, okay? And yeah. Yeah, he just he's a he's a tough player to handle, okay? And you don't yeah. like you don't like to go against Robertson, okay? And that shows a lot. And yeah, yeah I just feel like I'm going to I'm going to say it already, okay? My left back is Robertson and my right back is Trent, okay? This wow. is the best duo, fullbacks duo I've seen yeah. in recent in recent history, okay? In recent history. I really I love the duo. Love the duo, At, but left back Robertson. Yes, I got it. All right, go. work great. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't know Robertson and uh, Alexander Arnold were a package deal, um, <laughs> but but I guess so. I, I I like it. I like the shout. And Robertson, you're absolutely right. I mean, you you don't like to go against him, and that guy has an engine that just is endless, absolutely mm-hmm. endless. Um, uh, well, I I guess I'll have to um protect your countrymen right? Uh, my left back is not a left back. Um, and luckily, he's been playing left back recently, mm-hmm. so it's it's allowed for his inclusion at this uh, position. Mm-hmm. But uh, João Cancelo has, has been absolutely phenomenal as of late. So like I said, there's been a little recency bias, um, for sure, probably a little overweighting to the last six months over the first Love six it. months, because oh. yeah, you know, I can't, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. So I might as well, you know, uh, have that little recency in here. And Cancelo has been easily one of the best fullbacks in the world, if not the best fullback in the world uh, mm-hmm. as of late. Um, and I've got <laughs> Trent, him. Trent, Trent, Trent. Well, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. That, I mean, that, you, can, you can make the argument. But I mean, mm-hmm. here's what I love. Like everything runs through Cancelo, mm-hmm. right? That's it. Everything. Like you look at the possession stats, you look at, uh, key passes. It's it's a little bit like Trent Alexander Arnold as well. I agree. Um, but playing a possession game, I mean, Cancelo is your main man, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he's just been. I, I have a new appreciation for him for sure. I would have mm-hmm. loved to have seen him healthy um, for a good amount of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the fact that he can play on the left and on the right, yeah. Um, I mean, that just makes it even more impressive. Absolutely. And uh, Alexander Arnold can't do that. No. I'm just kidding, but the, the um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna join you on that. But I am gonna have Cancelo on the left, and I am gonna have. I think you and I are we're 100 in agreement. Uh, Trent Alexander Arnold is is on the right. And, um, uh, but I, I want to mention this too about Cancelo. It's an absolute yeah. disgrace what happened to Jean Cancelo. Okay, in uh, the past oh, yeah, few yeah, days yeah. before For the sure. game against Arsenal, invading his house. Okay, and yep. treating his family the way he did. It's Un- um, unbelievable and it's a disgrace man okay so our support here fc wonder kid goes to john Cancel, man in these tough yeah. times and he played wonderfully considering what happened man yeah. it just shows yeah. how much of a top athlete he is love fantastic yeah. mention there so who's your duo at center back <laughs> I, uh, well, I don't know there's there's definitely the some premier league premier league bias here uh mm. i can't get away from um and, and this might not have recency effect on it, but I'm going to go with Ruben Diaz and, uh, and, and my, my guy, Antonio Rudiger. 
Uh, Whoa! Probably... Yeah. Sub- yeah. You snubbing Van Dyke. Uh, yes. I am. I am right now. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Ah! Yeah. I mean, listen, Antonio Rudiger has been an absolute like bull in a China shop uh, kind of in the best way possible over the last uh, 12 months. And, and frankly, uh, over the last 12 months, uh, I, you know, Rudiger has a uh, Champions League title and Van Dyke doesn't. Um, but Rudiger, Rudiger, well, Van Dyke and then top he... three players in the world. Van Dyke was top three players in the world. When yeah. you, well, like Rudiger ain't there. It, it, well, I, I'm just, I'm just, hey, Van Dyke was not healthy for the majority of the year. So we have to, we have to leave that there. Okay. So 2022 <laughs> might be VDVs, right? But, uh, but Antonio Rudiger, 2021 was his, in my opinion. Okay. So, okay, so yeah. I, I'm, I mean, so, come on, look, look at what, look at the form that he's pretty much been in. He has set himself up to be one of the most expensive defenders on the planet. Now, obviously that's more in the wage side of things, less in the transfer side of things. Mm-hmm. But uh, Rudiger has just been in ridiculous I, form for them. And uh, I yeah. agree, Bretton. I agree with you. But I put Van Dijk and Ruben Dias as my duo, okay? Because <laughs> I feel like Ruben Dias, he may not be as physical as Van Dijk, but every other aspect, he's right there, yeah. okay? Elite, elite, elite. But why do I put Van Dijk ahead of Rudiger? Because yeah, Rudiger fine. has one problem, in my opinion, a very big problem. He is very dependent on a three-center-back style of play. I tell you, if Van Dyke played in a three-center-back style of play, he would go further much more and would be even better. He's playing with two, uh, with two fullbacks that are just going ahead and going yeah. bold, and Van Dyke is covering all that space, man. So, Hold on, but, but who, are those two, <laughs> who are those two fullbacks right now? Yeah, well, look at all the injuries with Chelsea, right? We got Christian uh, Pulisic playing true. right wing back. I'm just kidding. But, but it's, uh, it's still the positioning. There's like compensation for the for the space. And right. Van Dyke covers all the space that Trent goes up forwards. So yeah. I, I I still, even with that, no respect, don't disrespect to Hudiger. I sure. will, I'm very curious to see Hudiger if he go when he goes to Real. Okay. We uh, say that to transfers, but I yeah. feel like that's a big question I have about when he him. goes to Real. Wow, you learned, <laughs> you're I am, I am, I am, okay. I am. So let's go with the midfield talk. Four three three, right? That's the tactic. Ah, uh, uh, sure, sure, <laughs> yeah, that's the tactic. Yep. So uh, who's who's your midfield? I want you to start this time. Oh, okay. So I go in the mud first. <laughs> I'm joking. Yep. So my guy, <laughs> my first player in midfield is Joshua Kimmich. Okay, mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. do I pick Joshua Kimmich? Because he's a Swiss Army knife, mate. Yeah. He can go to the defense, he can go to the offense, and I like a versatile player. And mm-hmm. it's a pity for me what's happening about this COVID situation involving him, just the yeah. vaccine and all that. Don't want to get too much on top of it. But Kimmich, for me, when he plays, he's the best midfielder in the world in terms of balance and versatility and doing everything, okay? So yeah. I think him not being, uh, him not playing for Bayern is a mm-hmm. huge loss, and Bayern might lose the Champions League for him not be playing. So I put Kimish because yeah, Kimish for me, yeah, he's that player. So yeah. he's the first player in midfield. So mm-hmm. my second player in midfield, I gotta say KDB. Okay, so this oh. midfield is gonna be attack, attack, attack. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's Kimish, Kevin De Bruyne. Okay, because yeah, I still feel like. <sighs> If KDB wasn't a Man City man, I don't know if he would have the same input, okay? But 
be, being at Man City, he's there. So I got to say, De Bruyne, okay, he's going to be leading the Prem in stats. And maybe, maybe he'll finally get some silverware in the World Cup for Belgium, man. Maybe. But uh, maybe. But I, I ain't putting my chips with Lukaku saying these stuff and all that. But my midfield, Kimish, De Bruyne, and I'm putting in the free roll. The mate, the the legend, the yeah. legend, the one of the goats, Lionel Messi in the free roll position. He may have the 30 at PSG, but everybody knows he's the 10. Okay, yeah. he is the maestro of that team, man. And if 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 PSG are gonna win the Champions League, it's Messi's doing. Okay, it ain't Neymar, it's Messi's doing, and Mbappe too, giving that support. Five man mm-hmm. Robin type B. So Messi is my guy. Okay, and yeah. At the back, okay. Messy, messy, messy. You gotta give yeah, him that, yeah. that, 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 what he needs to play. Sure. So, yeah, that's my message. I, I mean, hey, I, I like that. I like that. Uh, De Bruyne, though, and, and Van Dyke, I mean, uh, I, I guess we can be, I guess you can be injured most of the year and still get in year 11, huh? Yeah. Uh, I put De Bruyne ahead of Brun Fernandes because right. I still, uh, I, I, yeah, uh, that's my, I, I, yeah, I feel like those two. Still, yeah. if aliens I, come and invade us, mate, I'm picking those two, mate. I tell you what, <laughs> yeah. If if well, that's true. I mean, if the, if De Bruyne is healthy and 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 he stays healthy, he is obviously one of, if not one, well, he is one of the best midfielders in the world. And mm-hmm. you know, I, for Pep Pep was waxing poetic about it recently, but the fact is, is yeah, De Bruyne. It's been a little while since he's been fully, mm-hmm. but even De Bruyne at what eighty percent, seventy five percent is still one of the best midfielders in yeah. the world. So um, I like the shout, although he's not in mine. Uh, so here we go. You and I agree on Kimmich. You know me. You know mm-hmm. me when it comes to versatility. Um, when it comes to hey, you put Kimmich, you put Kimmich in the midfield. I don't know everything. Everybody else just breathes a sigh of relief. If you're mm-hmm. a Bayern fan, Kimmich in the eleven makes you feel good. Um, whether it's on set pieces, whether it's, you know, acting as the engine room, whether it's going in, into a tackle. I mean, the kid is just uh, relentless and, and they, uh, I mean, he's going to be one of, going to go down as one of the greats uh, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. Um, so Kimmich, that wasn't difficult for me per se, although he was going up against, you know, Brozovic, he was going up against Conte, he's going up against Barella for me, mm-hmm. against Casemiro. Um, so that was kind of tough because the other center midfield role, I, I get it. It's it, on paper, Jorginho is, is not necessarily like, oh man, you got to have oh. him here. You need him in your 11. But if we're actually looking at 2021, and what he was a part of and what he contributed to. Uh, do I think that he is the best midfielder in the world um, in this 11? Propaganda, man. I can't yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm here for some part of it. Come on, man. He led Italy to a Euro title, right? Yes. Right? He was, okay. he was, he was, he was, not, he was instrumental, yes. Yes, but without Barella, man. There's I no revisionist history. He was instrumental, and I know you just said that, but you said it in a tone that was like, you know, yes. uh, but I got you. Yeah, Barella too. But no, when it comes down to Jorginho, call it call it steadiness with penalty kicks. Call it whatever you want to call it. But Jorginho was influential in both the Chelsea Champions League win and the um, and Italy's improbable uh, comeback on the Euro stage uh, to mm-hmm. to win it all. So uh, I I don't I can't find any reason to discount that in any way, shape, or form. And just because you know, the governing bodies that, that be, 
have have anointed him and and maybe have contributed to this massive Jorginho propaganda push. Um, it doesn't make it any less true. It really doesn't. Okay. Um, do I think that if I were drafting a team today, I would pick Jorginho and put him in it? No, probably not. I'd, I'd probably go more with like a KDB or uh, you know a Conte. Uh, Conte but, was yeah, that's what I was gonna mention in the in the yeah. Champions League. I put Conte leading up to it. More important, yeah. he had man well, of what is it like three consecutive man of the match games? Yeah, absolutely, and and that's about it. Man, no, so, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I mean, it's the same reason you know Conte was also out for a, a good amount of 2021. I'm I'm looking more at consistency, versatility. I'm looking at you know being influential throughout the year instead of just in in. Uh, fits and starts or spurts or whatever you want to call it. So uh, Jorginho gets on there for me. And yeah, I mean, it's not the easiest. It really isn't uh, based on your uh, response. Obviously it isn't as easy as we would like it to be because there are better midfielders out there for Mm -hmm. sure. Okay. Uh, But based on what he did in 2021, based on what his handprint, his footprint, whatever you want to call it, uh, was on Jorginho has Mm -hmm. to get my shout. Uh, But I'm also with you in the free roll. Um, it's weird um, because there's going to be a big snub here. Any way you put it, there's going to be several big snubs here. Mm-hmm. Any way you put it. Uh, but the free roll, I do have to put Leo Messi. Um, and we do have to remember what he did too. Uh, he helped lead, although he did not necessarily have his hand in mm-hmm. uh, the Argentinian uh, Copa America win. That would be on Hel Di Maria. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just what he accomplished, uh, obviously yeah. winning the seventh Ballon d'Or, uh, you know, come on. Um, there that. will be a day that Leo Messi will no longer be in these 11s. And frankly, maybe True. we should have done this 11 saying, you know, certain players could not be involved. Um, but I Leo know Messi- who you're leading up to. I know what you're cooking there. I know what you're cooking there. But Messi, it's yes. It's so much easier if they're oh. not involved right now. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> but Leo Messi, Leo Messi gets in. He's in my uh, He's in my do whatever the hell you want in this 11 role. And uh, now... We yeah. got to go with it. We got to go yeah. with it. You said yeah. it. Is Christian Ronald in the front three of your best te- best 11 in the world? No. 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 I mean, here's my front line. You tell me tell me what you think about it. Tell me. Tell me, please. Kareem Benzema, Robert Lewandowski, Mo Salah. If you argue with that, I don't know how you argue with that. Oh, my face, Bretton. You're getting me crazy. Because how is Lewandowski playing so well next to Benzema? uh, (laughs) They'll they'll find a way. They'll find a way. Frank, that's not my problem. You didn't say I was the coach. Okay? (laughs) This this is why I appoint Pepper somebody. He'll find a way to make Benzema work at left wing. And there has Um... been a time and a place where Kareem Benzema has played maybe left wing. I don't know. But, yes. No, I'm... I'm, um, I'm fitting, what is it, uh, square pegs in a round holes or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But listen, Kareem Benzema, uh, again, consistency, uh, taking Look. just this leadership role on, uh, getting back into the French team. Okay, it's a little more narrative-based. Not really, though. It's also statistically based. And the fact that he's been easily one of the best, if not the best attacker in La Liga for almost several seasons now. And Real well, Madrid is mm-hmm. on the up and up. So Benzema... Lewandowski, sheer volume, sheer class, uh, all across the board. I, I couldn't find a way to put Holland over him, even though obviously Holland's been impressive. Um, and then most of uh, the exact same reason, right? Like, um, I, I can't put like Benzema 
because yeah. at the striker role, I put Lewandowski. Okay. Yeah. And then this is my debate. <laughs> this is yeah. my debate. I got yeah. two wingers. Okay. That yeah. I got to put Griezmann. Okay. In my team. Okay. Because regardless if it didn't work out at Juve, he was still the main guy there. And even though Man United may not be the best team, I can assure you the numbers are going to come at the end of the season. Okay, Ronald will be one of the top players in numbers. But this is hard. My front three, okay, if I'm going (laughs) (laughs) non-biased, I'm saying Lewandowski, Mbappé, and Salah. Okay, Okay. this is my front three because Mbappé, top goal involvements in clubs. Then we got Salah that is being the best uh, player in the world in form. I put Salah a bit a bit better than Benzema, but Benzema mm-hmm. is being proper, proper lethal. Uh, and Lewandowski at the striker, because when when I think about these debates, I'd love to put the two together, Benzema sure. and Lewandowski, but yeah. I don't think even the wage, the, it wouldn't work out, okay? Because oh, oh, we're, we're, ta- we're talking wages now? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm trying to... I, <laughs> I'm out here like... <laughs> I'm joking, but uh, but no, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. my... my, my preferred would be my preferred front three for best 11 obviously would be Krish, Lewandowski yeah. and Mbappé because yeah look it's okay, a well, dream well, here, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of tactical flexibility here I'm actually but, uh, doing a four I'm doing a four two 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 there mm-hmm. you go uh I've got okay. yeah Levin, Lewandowski bends him up front and then I got Salah uh, it works so. And Messi works, playing so. dual, dual tens. So uh, then yeah. we got snubs, yeah. I can see. We have Holland oh, is a snub. That's next yep. gen. Mbappé is kind of For a snub, me. okay? Yep. Uh, then you got Alfonso Davis, too. He's yep. no doubt he's going to soon there. Nicolo Barella. Yep. Vlahovic. Pedri. Vinicius. Yep. Foden. Yeah. Uh, Nunmensch. João Félix. <laughs> These are the players that I think are one step away, a consistency of becoming world-class, world-class, and being yeah. involved in the best 11. But now I got to mention players that should be there and are in the peak. So yeah. Harry Kane, right? Yeah. Lukaku. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Neymar. Neymar mm-hmm. is not in the best 11, okay? Mm-hmm. Not. I think anyone, they can't put Neymar in the best 11. Because if you put Neymar, you take the spot to Salah or Messi. Or, or Mbappé, or Krish, yep. or Lewandowski, or Bezema. You can't put Neymar. And no. then you have Marquinhos, too, is a snub. And yeah, yeah those are the players I, I want. And Bernard Silva. Bernard, Bernard Silva, yeah. this season is hitting peak, peak, peak. And if he continues with this form, he's for sure in the best 11 of this coming year. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, hey, I think you, you summed it up really well. I didn't have to speak ever again. Um, <laughs> you, you, you've got it down there. I mean, obviously, I didn't give KDB his dues. I, I do have to throw a shout out. I mean, we didn't really say Angolo Kante. Yes. Um, yes. But, Peace you know, Nicolo Barella was the one I really wrestled with. Yes. Barella, I really wrestled with because yes. he's been instrumental for Inter. Um, and uh, and on top of that, he was absolutely instrumental for for Italy as well. And I, I first player on the I, list, man, not counting Holland and Mbappe and Davis. Probably. So we I rate yeah. him highly, Barella too. So guys, who should be in your best eleven, guys? Okay, like the video and subscribe to the YouTube channel for more support. <laughs> Gotta say it. <laughs> but uh, let's get to the next topic, guys. Okay, here at episode thirty-seven, and it's 
AFCON, okay? And I just want to say, I've been seeing so much disrespect towards this competition, man. And here at FC Wonder Kid, we hate to see that, okay? And we will be covering a lot of games, okay? Because there's quality, quality teams. Algeria's quality, Senegal's quality, Cameroon's quality. So much, okay? So... I just wanted to say that because it shouldn't happen, man. It shouldn't yeah, happen. Yeah, and, and, and here's the, far, for the fun part of AFCON. Um, there, the last six African Nations Cups, there have been six different winners. Mm. So get ready. Uh, it's generally a crapshoot. Um, and obviously, you I think add we'll to have that. another one. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I really do, too. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, who's, who's your, like, off the bat, who's your favorite? Uh, Senegal. Senegal. Senegal has never won it, okay? Yeah. And I really think this is the golden generation of Senegal, okay? You got Sadio Mane there. You got mm-hmm. uh, you got Koli Bali. Yeah. Mendy! Like, yep. what? Like, yep. Senegal has literally three players that are world-class. World-class. Yeah. So, I really rate them highly, man. So, let's, yeah. you want to go by groups and say who we think goes through? Oh man! Wow, oh, I didn't know much. I was going to be doing that. No, um, no, no, that's way too much. But so yeah, let's let's just talk in general. So well, you know, we could we could do that right after it starts. What what when mm-hmm. is it? We're the second. It starts it starts next week. So okay. we could uh, we could do that uh, on that day. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I just wanted to talk about for all the those that have dropped out, mm-hmm. right? Because there are a lot, you know, where either Premier League clubs are playing hardball, or mm-hmm. you've got uh, issues like. Zayek's not going to be there. Osimhen, yes, yes. Emmanuel Dennis are not going. And Gabon, um, Gabon is in that group with uh, Morocco yeah. and Ghana. Okay, because mm-hmm. Nozijec is an opportunity. But do you feel like they'll still go through in Group C? I think Ghana is going to top it. I yeah, really like I, Ghana. Thomas Partey for me is good. I love them against Man City, and I'm very, very hopeful to see yeah. what's going to happen with with Ghana. I think they're going to top the group. I think uh, you might be right. I mean, what, I'm, I'm actually most excited about seeing uh, whether or not Sebastian Haller can, uh, <laughs> can can continue his run of form. I mean, it, him with the Ivory Coast. Uh, they won't, that's, that's they won't top the group. I don't think they'll top the group. I don't no, think I, Ivory Coast will top the group B because Algeria. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Who is yeah. this coach? Bel, Bel, Belmadi? Bel, yeah. Bel, Bel, Belmadi? Like, What? Like, yeah. I, I went to see the stats. He has 42 games as the Algerian manager. Mm-hmm. He only lost once. Once. Yeah. <laughs> what amazing. And they winning. They, they're the winners, right? So Yeah, they, they, they won the last AFCON, and they also just won that, um, that newly created Arab Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was mostly with domestic players. But, uh, no, the, and, the pedigree is there. Obviously, you've got a, a certain guy named uh, – Mahrez. <laughs> Mahrez, running the show. Ben Asset, um, he's good yeah, with them. Ben, yeah, Ben is, I, absolutely. And, and I just think, yeah, when it comes down to a team element, um, Algeria is obviously the hands-on favorite or odds-on favorite um, when it comes down to it. But uh, some serious, you know, other star power because Mo Salah and Egypt could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to want to watch out for – I've got a bunch of names here that you want to watch out for. But mm-hmm. on that um, – I really actually like the chances for um, – Cameroon, Cameroon as a host nation, 
even though host nations don't have a history of doing very well in the mm-hmm. African Asian Cup. Uh, but, you know, th- this is a pretty good strike force, uh, okay? And Samuel Eto'o, if Samuel Eto'o believes that, and I get it, he's biased, <laughs> he is like, you know, a big higher up at, in Cameroon, the Cameroonian Football Association. But you got uh, Vincent Abubakar, you've got Erica Ch- Eric Chupamokting, who mm-hmm. I understand good, good plays player. a spot role for Bayern, oh, but can obviously put him in the back of the net. And you've got Carl Toko Akambe, who actually has kind of rounded into form a little bit. Um, but he was so much more dangerous when he was in La Liga with Villarreal. Uh, but anyway, those three up front for, for a host nation, I don't know if they have the midfield and the defense to back it up. I uh, I, 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 let's, I was going to complete that by saying I think they do at the goalkeeper spot have a player that has a lot to prove with his sure. Onana. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, being the season off, I think Onana was going to be a very good keeper. And yeah. then at center back, I do think they have a player that has learned a lot with Van Dijk, and that's Joel Matip. And mm. I think he'll have a proper leadership, okay? And I think Cameroon, yes, the host nation, they will top the group, okay? And I think this is a tough one, but I put Burkina Faso second, even though uh, Lesina Traore is not going to be in the competition, okay? But I'm huge. I'm very, I believe a lot, a lot in Bernard Traore and in Tapsoba. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and Burkina Faso, when they are in a competition, they seem to get they see they seem to do well. So I think Tapsoba is gonna gonna increase his stock and not fall off. And going back to Algeria, I just want to mention to a final stack, guys, for you to know how ridiculous Algeria is. They haven't lost a match since uh, since uh, 2018. Okay, Algeria hasn't lost a match since 2018, and and a player that is very overlooked too at that team. Yassin Brahimi, that was at Porto, and Atal. Okay? Sure. Very good players. Uh, and then you spoke Where? about Group D, which uh, has Egypt and Salah. I mm-hmm. don't think Egypt will top the group, but I think they will, they, will, they, will, they will go in second, okay? But mm-hmm. uh, I think Salah wants to be the best player in this competition because, let's be honest, there's a chance for that to happen, even though sure. Senegal with Sadio Mane being the best team. But uh, in my opinion, but huh? Nigeria, I think they're going to stop the group with Egypt because I, 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 li- I love Ndidi. I love Osime, yeah. even Zaidu at left back. And then Ianachu and Chukweze too. So yeah. Musa well, is uh, an overlooked player too a bit. So yeah. I like the Nigeria unit. Uh, and I think they have caliber. Uh, they have caliber. They have history and competition well, they, they have caliber but they're dropping like flies i, I um, agree with you I, and, and even Ch- the Ch- level Ch- too yeah yes. chukweze is going to have to have a massive massive tournament because uh, osaman's not going and and emmanuel dennis is not going and those are the two most informed attackers that nigeria have but awobi is going i mean he could have mm-hmm. a big tournament Good player. um so yeah no i'm with you i mean nigeria for me is always just perennially um dangerous mm. um and no matter who they've got they've got a next man next man up mentality so i do expect them to be to be there but like morocco without zayak that's gonna mm-hmm. that's um, and then then you have group b in which we mentioned singal and guinea yeah. guinea is a yes. good is a good team and i love the fact that moriba's there now I like know. we're gonna see moriba there that's that might be next to animal measure Moriba yeah. and Animal Regery are the two wonder kids that you really want to watch in AFCON. Well, and, and, and this, will... is inter- this is the interesting thing there is Moriba, this is a very important tournament for him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because 
you, you probably saw the news that Brian Brabby headed back to Ajax from Red Bull Leipzig after mm-hmm. just joining. Well, Ilyax Mariba is actually potentially on his way out as well. Uh, even though he signed what, like a 15 million, $18 million, <laughs> you know, whatever yes. um, to head the Leipzig. Um, so this is actually like a really big tournament because nobody's really seen Mariba. Uh, and Navi right? Kate is next to him. So and Navi Kate is next to him. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good team. I think Guinea will be overlooked, but I wanted to talk about my dark horses in the whole competition. Yeah, okay. I've made a huge study with this. I'm really excited for AFCON because yeah. this this is a lot. I lot of talents are here, guys. Okay, yeah, and are. Group F for mm-hmm. me has two nations that I don't usually pay too much attention, and one of them is Mali. Okay, like Mali yeah. for me has the best, like top top five midfield in this competition, no doubt. They got Haidara. Okay, Haidara being a wonderful midfielder in Bundesliga. I don't know if you guys know. The, one of the best box-to-box midfielders in the world, for, in my opinion, with the work rate. He goes up he and down better than anyone. Then they by have, United, right? Yeah, exactly. Then they have Misuma. That mm-hmm. We all know, uh, if you watch Premier League football, you know what he brings to the table. Misuma is a powerhouse and very, very good. It makes that comfort that mm-hmm. you need in a team. And then you had Mohamed Kamara which a talent, 21 years old, Red Bull Salzburg, he's going to come up, okay? And he's another talent that I'm very, very excited. And I think Mali are going to top this group with this midfield of Aydara, Bisuma, and Mohamed Kamara. Very, very hard to beat. And then you got the second place that I just want to talk about this player. It's Animal Mejri and it's Tunisia, okay? I feel like uh, Mejri really wants to feel the weight of the country at his back. And he's 18, and he's already regarded as a top three player in that team, okay? So I'm excited, and I do think he wants to hold that weight and respect. So let's see what happens. And I'm going to put Tunisia in my number two spot. But yeah. Interesting. Well, I, I got to throw – I'm going to create more uh, Mohamed Kamara propaganda because I've watched a lot of him, and I really do mm-hmm. in, enjoy him uh, – it could just be that he wears a Salzburg shirt. I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, no, no. He is going to be one. And I actually agree with you. They do have one of the strongest uh, midfields in this mm-hmm. this whole tournament. Um, but, I, you know, I wouldn't really – this is a very um, – mm. uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, the, you can get out of this. I mean, there's the four third places that move through. So it's very mm-hmm. forgiving. There we go. That's the word I was trying to come up with. <laughs> very forgiving tournament. Yes. Uh, Gambia is one that you're going to want to watch too because – Musabaro is coming of age. Uh, I mean, he's 23 now, so he's mm-hmm. like kind of been a, of age for a while. Um, but he's actually been pretty damn good in Syria. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think Musabaro is going to be another one you want to watch coming out of Group F um, if Tunisia and, and Mali go after each other's throats. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you. Mejbri, um, I mean, there's a couple other shouts, though, that need to be had. Obama mm-hmm. Yang with Gabon. Uh, yes, I, yes, he's got know, he's I, got a chip on his shoulder. Yes, and it's a better. group with Morocco, Ghana. I don't think Gabon yeah. are gonna go through, but yeah. like I feel like so much is happening in Obama Young's mind, man. Like, yeah. or it, it can go very well or very badly. That's the <sighs> thing. He might be like, I need to show my likes to to go to another team, or right. he'll be like, I'm so depressed that not it's not working out with Arsenal. Just want to yeah. leave. So. I don't know what he's going to go into the tournament with, but uh, who do you think are the top contenders? So, like, just well, who are, who yeah. are the three that you'd say, these are the one of them is going to win it? Who, yeah, who do you reckon? 
the three that I would say right now, um, I'm, I'm going to go with, I, I think Senegal, uh, pound mm-hmm. for pound, uh, assuming Koulibaly is healthy. Mm-hmm. I think you are going to see a Papa, Pape uh, Matar Sar, who I know is still kind of on the outside looking in, but mm-hmm. he is still a, a, a Tottenham player in the future. Um, and certainly uh, a midfielder you want to watch. I really do think Senegal has it. I think Cameroon as a host nation actually has the quality. They've won many times mm-hmm. before. Um, it's going to take maybe a forgiving next round, knockout round um, uh, opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I have to go with Algeria, um, even though Egypt's up there for me, but I have to go with Algeria as the third uh, possible winner. Um, exactly, exactly. Those three so, you got? Yeah, I have Algeria for all the reasons mentioned. 42 yeah. games, only one loss, haven't lost since March. So Algeria and Senegal being the best generation ever of Senegal with Mendy. Kolebali, right. Sadio Mane, and Idrissa Gueye. I think he's there too. So yeah. that's that's a, a phenomenal team. And I look, I don't think, I told you, I don't think they'll top the group. But I right. think Egypt in a knockout stage is one-on-one. Won't sure. be an easy team to beat, okay? I think yeah. Nigeria tops it, but I like Egypt's chance in the knockout rounds. And Salah, like yeah. he'll be... Ooh, imagine if Egypt get the AFCON. That is like Salah saying to the world, this mm-hmm. is my year of the Ballon d'Or, guys. Yeah. It's well, now. It's now. It's if yeah, that happens. And, and I think Mo Salah actually has somebody that, um, uh, you know, he's going to command a lot of attention, right, mm-hmm. with Egypt. Um, so a, a guy like Omar Marmouche, who's uh, yes. he's a little bit older, but he's he's 22. Um, he has done fairly well so far this year um, mm-hmm. on loan to Stuttgart, I think, uh, mm-hmm. in the Bundesliga. Um, and, and I love him. He's direct. He is, uh, you know, unabashedly kind of like a winger playing a striker role. Yes. Uh, will He's direct. He'll go. I already said that. He will go straight at the defenders um, mm-hmm. and uh, take no prisoners type of approach when it comes to uh, if you're if you're playing off of a Salah, it's going to be pretty easy <laughs> to get your chances. So I think he's an early favorite for me, Omar Marmouche. Uh, for young player of the year or young player of the tournament, not the year mm-hmm. um, one. Uh, but the other one, I know that we're going to want to watch out for, and it's not, not in Egypt. It's mm-hmm. Kamaldin Suleimana. Yeah. I mean, well, I know he's still, he's still settling in at Stade Rene, but he's no, already but he's, a few bangers, a few bangers this year that we've all had to watch multiple yes. times. Um, and he's still looking, surprisingly not. He, he has not scored his first goal for Ghana. Mm-hmm. So I, I fully expect uh, him to be able to do so. Um, but, you know, there is one player that I was really, really excited to see here, and it mm-hmm. looks like he's gone the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was originally called up to play for Morocco, but Abde, uh, you know, Abde for oh, Barcelona. Yes. Yeah, he, he's gone back, and he wants to declare for Spain. Oh. Um so that's kind of a bummer. I would have loved to have seen him play, um, especially considering Zayek is not there. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But uh, Morocco, that's kind of a big blow for them. Uh, and then the only other one I really do want to bring up, because Cameroon, we talked about their strike, kind of aging strike force, Abu mm-hmm. Bakr, uh, Akambe, and um, I've already forgotten the other one. Um, but anyway, Should behind them, yes, yes. Behind them, though, uh, Jean Onana, 
Mm-hmm. He is one of the better breakout stars of League One this year. Um, and he's going to be somebody that I know uh, a, a bigger club is going to pick up at some point, And this tournament could be the big reason why. So for those thinking, you know, for even me, for convincing myself that they don't have a midfield, I think John Onana is going to have a massive tournament for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's my three big ones for young player of the mm-hmm. tournament is Sulamana, Marmouche, and John Onana. I love those mentions, man. And I just wanted to add to in the Egypt talk. I feel like a a fantastic role player too behind Salah is El Nani, man. And I feel like El Nani at Egypt, man, he's such a good midfielder. It's like he looks taller. I don't know playing (laughs) at Egypt. So I love it. And guys, if there's any players and anything we haven't mentioned of AFCON, Please put down in the comment section below. And we have mentioned it. We will be doing, we will be covering lives on Twitch. Okay. It will be in the description. Go follow us on the Twitch because it's, it's a competition that deserves respect and what it's exciting. So drop in the comment section. Who do you think is going to win it? And yeah, next. So much to choose from too. The first games, man, Morocco, Ghana, Nigeria, Egypt, and Tunisia, Mali are three amazing first fixtures uh, for that first match day. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have some fun with this. <laughs> we sure. are. We are. So let's get to the next topic. OK, and it's transfers in general. OK, and overall news. And I'd like to start with because it's overall news. I'd like to start with the match that I was so unhappy I wasn't live <laughs> for the uh, Arsenal yeah. against Man City. OK, because Arsenal. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this by saying the yeah. man of the match of the Arsenal <laughs> against Man City game was no doubt in my mind the referee. How he managed to make it all happen, all not for Arsenal, man. I was I was like, oh my days! But I want to say this too: Why the hell would Shaka grab uh, Bernard Silva's shirt? Like, why yeah. would you grab him in? Like, I, I know it, it can be discussed that it's not really a penalty. And then that tackle on, that tackle yeah. was like, for me, no doubt a penalty. Okay. Yeah. The, the tackle at the eighth minute is a penalty in my opinion. Okay. And yeah, I just, the decision making in that game was very, very for, shambolic. Shambles. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where you, you say, why put the, the referee in the decision, in that position oh. to, to have to make that decision? Because the, the foul, if there was any actual physical foul on that uh, with Chaka, it was, it was like the initial contact. And then you're right, the jersey pull, and then he goes down, right? Yeah. And then he does the, the, I don't know what you call that, like the airplane to the ground, right? But he um, pulled it. Why did he pull it? Did, like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't Shaka know. for and, me, he played so well, like the whole yeah. game. And it's mm-hmm. that, it's like that, those little things like annoy mm-hmm. me so much because it's consistent. It's yeah. not like we can, we can, we can go out there and say in recent history, oh, Shaka. Oh yeah. He's right. that consistent midfielder that has really been performing and making little to no mistakes. Right. Like, no, I will never be saying, I say that for Shaka in the Swiss team, not yeah, for Shaka right. at Arsenal, which it's a bit <sighs> dubious. It's a bit weird, yeah. in my opinion, okay? It and is, I want to is. say, too, Smith Rowe should have been substituted earlier, okay? Okay? Yeah, that, it, for yeah. me, was... And it was very sus how Gabriel, okay? Gabriel, yeah. all of a sudden, red card, beep, 
boom. Okay, he, he that oh. the first yellow should have been a yellow. It, it's it, but it the was, second one. Three, yeah, but it was three minutes that yeah. unraveled probably the best first half that Arsenal has played all season or in a very very long time, and and it just it took away from. You know, uh, Bukayo Saka looked like a grizzled veteran out there uh, for those first 45 minutes. He was uh, yes. just immensely fun to watch. And then you have mm-hmm. Gabriel Martinelli, who, yes. um, you know, he's he's still raw, uh, but he just is, he's electric, right? Mm-hmm. He can do things that um, belies his, his pedigree, right? I Coming agree. from, what, the third, fourth division and blah, blah, blah. I mean, mm-hmm. w- this kid can play. Um, and Agreed. you see the glimpses, you see the glimpses of hope. We've talked about this, but that was exactly one of those things. Arsenal deserved to get a point from that. Um, I, hell, even Pep Guardiola came out and said, I can see that they were probably the better team. They um, were. and they that were. was part of the race. That wasn't an exact quote. Uh, but it's just amazing to me that those three minutes or four minutes, whatever it was, mm-hmm. those two things, uh, did derail. And even after. Even mm-hmm. after that, uh, Arsenal had their chances. They had their ability True. to potentially um, get it done, and then it's Rodri screwing up everybody's party, the, right, the, for Arsenal. The, the main reason, in my opinion, for us to see such a change in that Arsenal team is Tomayasu and Partey playing well. Partey yeah. finally brings the stability that the midfield was bagging last season. And Tomayasu, there was a lot, a lot of moments that, Counterattack happens. Man City, fast ball, fast pace. Who was mm-hmm. stopping in brick wall was Tomayasu, okay? A lot of times. So I feel like Pep Guardiola will never, in the future, with Arteta at the, at the helm at Arsenal, will, ha- will never have an easy game because Arteta knows what Guardiola needs in a game. And my criticism is Smith Rowe not coming on earlier. And I do want to give another shout to Lacazette because... For me, Lacazette is reshaping himself, okay, at Arsenal because he came a bit like as the as the the Robin of Aubameyang, okay, Aubameyang the big guy and Lacazette was like the second guy, and now it seems like he's in this new role, like yeah. leading the youth that Saka, Martinelli, and Smith Rowe. You can clearly see that they know that they have they have a responsibility in the team, and Lacazette. I really think he's the veteran and he's being a fantastic veteran, which is surprising for me. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to see him doing this. Okay. So I still think they need to get a striker to get in that next level that Arsenal are one step ahead, but I really, that was fantastic mention the best game I saw this season of Arsenal. They lost. Yes. But it was the best game I saw this season of Arsenal. And and, and to flip that on its head, I got to say, uh, that that's the type of game that City winds up winning, and uh, that's probably why they're going to wind up being the Premier League champions. It's it's it's, it's the type of game that you win the, the Premier League type beat. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. It's... I agree with you. And for me, it was as a Portuguese person seeing Ruben Dias manning up, man. Every, even the goal celebrations, the guy was sure. like leading the way, man. So and Cancelo, no striker. And they are constant for the center backs because they're so mobile. The Bruyne mm-hmm. is there, then the Bernard Silva is there. That's it's so complicated, man. But uh, but yeah, 
that's what's that's what's happening. Uh, it was a fun it was a fun matchup. I mean, there were a lot of matchups that were actually uh, you know canceled over the last week, but that was a that was a good one, and we got another one coming up soon. So uh, mm-hmm. I I just uh, yeah uh, the good. the Arsenal future is good, and I I do have to ask you. I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Mm. Uh, several months ago, you did say Arteta out. Mm-hmm. I did. Are you still in agreement that, you know, Arteta, or, uh, Arteta that Arsenal needs a new boss I to do. usher in this new, this new transition? Or do you feel like Arteta should be given more time? I will just, guys, I will have an answer. I just want to see what happens in January. If okay. I see that in January or in the summer leading up, they're going to get the strike force that they need. That's fair. That's I fair. believe in them. But uh, I think Saliba yeah. coming back is going to be huge. I do have another doubt that is the Saliba-Arteta relationship. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to be big judgment too. for Because if people aren't watching Saliba at Marseille, he's being one of the best center backs, young center backs in the world right now. So yeah. it's not like, oh, he's not quality. No, he has the quality. So it'll be like, can he play with Arteta? The question. So I feel like the Saliba question, and if he can improve the strike force. If Arteta does this, Arteta wins a Premier League and he stays at Arsenal. Yes, he'll have pressure, but I think Arsenal fans will will want to have someone at the helm. And yeah, if he wins a Prem every three years, let's type B. Like with the level of competition we're going to have. So I I like it. And it's a rebuild being done at Arsenal. A lot of players have to leave. Nicolas Pepe has to leave. Obama Young has to leave. So a lot has to be cleared. And how weird is that going to be if they, if Obama Yang or or a Pepe leaves uh, while they're at AFCON? uh, Um, True. And Obama Yang, where to? Like, is Vinch going to pay for him? Like, is is, uh, Newcastle, Newcastle, they'd love it. But yeah, I mean, uh, call us a prediction for 2022. I don't think Obama Yang's time at Arsenal has to necessarily be up. Oh, it's up. Um, it, it's up. But there does there does have to be a. It's uh, up, Breton. It can't. Uh, I don't know. It's don't like know. a virus. It's like a. Vi- it can't. Ooh. No, it really can't. No, I like I like this is a. It's a. Well, okay, so if if Obama Yang's a virus, then what's Lukaku right now? Exactly. That's what we were going to lead up to, and I'm telling <laughs> you, Tuchel. When he when he when he listens to those comments, man. Okay, in my opinion, everything that Obama Yang did was in closed doors. And the conversation between Arteta and Obama Yang, Arteta did come forward and said it was a tough one, it wasn't yeah. an easy one, but it was a decision of the group. And Arteta was confident about it. But I don't think Tuchel is confident about Lukaku. Okay, no. this is a question. I see two different situations, and I'm gonna tell you this. This is the most disrespectful act I've seen in football in the from a superstar in recent history, man. In my opinion, because this man is coming to Chelsea for a hundred and ten million. And when he comes to Chelsea, Chelsea saying to the world, we are going against Barca, we are going against Real, we are going against Bayern, we are a top team, we won the Champions League, we're the top of the world. And then yeah. Lukaku's basically saying. Oh, no, 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 no. I prefer to go to other teams. But he comes for 110 yeah. million. That is disrespectful. Anyone that supports this, like saying, oh, players should, should give their opinions. Yeah, what? You're not yeah. going to say that when you arrive to your new job. You're not going to yeah. be like, I work at McDonald's and I'm be like, oh, Burger King's really good too, mate. And you're not going to say that to your boss. And you especially don't want him to listen to that. So... I, I- 
I love how you compared it to fast food restaurants. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I agree. I just want to end it up saying, man, Lukaku said too, it's, yeah. uh, I don't fit with the system. Or it's not the ideal system. Man, Lukaku, you're telling me a system that won the UCL, okay, in the space of months isn't a successful tactic? What? Like, I, the disrespect for me was immense. So I just want to end it up there. No, and, and, and I might oh. not be as, uh, I might not be as, um, I don't know, jumping off the ceiling like, like you are right now in terms of it, but I, I do agree. I'm, I'm all for, I am all for transparency in terms of uh, uh, a player actually speaking out. But yeah, the, the, the timing is weird. The, the, the inc- inconsiderate um, nature of not even taking into account the, the fan base. Fuck. Of Chelsea, you know, Fuck. I mean, it's just, it just, it makes no sense that, okay, there's a message that can be taken behind closed doors. He's, he's only been there, what, four months, five yeah. months? I don't he know. came as a leader. And, he came and, as yeah. a leader. And instead, he, he gives a kind of a petulant interview that, that just throws pretty much everybody under, under the bus. And, and Tuchel is now doing damage control amidst a, a injury crisis, amidst all the other things going on at Chelsea. Um, but if there's one thing I'm pretty confident of is Chelsea will get through this. Um, yes. I just don't know what you do. You've looked at their, their fix. You've looked at their fixture list. Mm-hmm. They, they play Tottenham, Conte's Tottenham, three mm-hmm. times in the next six games. Um, I, I, how long do you freeze Lukaku out? And I agree. How do you get him on the same page? And it, he's done this before. This decision uh, will cost Tuchel. This decision. You said this. You said this. You felt Tuchel. Lukaku. Yeah, it could. This it could. decision is going to cost Tuchel at Chelsea, and I, fe- I and I have a feeling that Tuchel knows about it because this. Imagine how is the environment now? How is the environment now in that locker room? Like this is. It hurts me, man, that Lukaku does this time and time again. Okay, he gets that hype moment. He signs the deal with United. Pogba and him are like big time, you know. Everybody's hyped up, and the world is watching. He dips. Yeah, it's like Lukaku loves a redemption story. Redemption story at Everton. Redemption story at Inter. And now he's at top of the world again, just like he was at United. He's crumbling. Okay, I don't like it. I don't like it, and I don't think any top club Real won't like this. They, they'll be like, oh, if he's saying this about Duccio that just won the Champions League, what is he going to say about Xavi? What yeah. is he going to say about Xavi, man? So, yeah. like, it's... <laughs> it's, it, just, it, it, it's it, feels, it feels like he's intentionally submarining it, even if it didn't... You know, I agree. The, the, the club and the, the ambitions of the club. And, and that's... You're, you're right in that sense. I mean, it's, the money they spent was a, a pure sign of the the ambition that, that Tuchel and Chelsea have moving forward. And in one fell swoop, in one little interview, mm-hmm. um, you, you can do a lot of damage. Words still matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, sentiment still, still matters. And if, if I, you know, Lukaku's obviously not calling me for PR uh, mm-hmm. uh, points, but if, if I were him, I would come out and I would first, uh, huh, you know, clarify. explain yourself to the fan base, but I don't think you're going to. I don't think he's going to. And yeah. it just seems like this happens time and time again because this sucks because it kind of ruins, in my sense, uh, he's a fine footballer. The legacy a, it shows. Yeah, he's just a he could build exactly. And after four months, you're already throwing somebody's you know tactic in the trash bin. You you now are the uh you know that are won the, the Champions League. That was the Champions League. Like yeah. he puts that tactic down the drain. 
Like yeah. what? Like what? Yeah, it's crazy, man. Well, let's 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 like end it on a happier note with the transfers. Can I can I go a little American on us? Can I go I American? I know what you're gonna end up. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's a happy story. Yeah, I I've, we, I know. I mean, listen to this. This is this is crazy. Okay. Previous previous to this, uh, the the top transfer out of Major League Soccer involving an American player was like around eight million dollars for Josie out the door, and that was like ten plus years ago. Okay. He left for, I think it was Villarreal before he then hopscotched throughout the world, not, not scoring goals. And I love Josie Altador, but you know, 8 million, he wasn't worth it back then. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now you've got, uh, first off, I love that Fabrizio Romano is the one, you know, breaking this (laughs) because everybody's reading this, not just American Mm -hmm. apologists, Uh, everybody's reading this. Um, But first you have uh, day one, like first hour of January 1st, um, Daryl DK goes to West Brom, who, okay, we get it. They yo-yo between the Premier League and the championship, but they pay 9 million euros for him, breaking MLS's transfer record for an American player. And then fast forward a couple hours later, and Fabrizio Romano um, talks about a 180, right? Everyone thought Ricardo Pepe, who is uh, 18, he might be 19 now, but he's I think he's 18. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a tall, lanky striker that can do a lot of things, has a lot of promise, is nowhere close to um, that promise just yet, but we'll get there over time mm-hmm. with the right tutelage. Not only does Augsburg come in in the Bundesliga mm-hmm. and and drop a club record on him <laughs> fee, they drop a club record fee on him that is just dwarfs their previous fee. So mm-hmm. you're talking $20 million uh, for Ricardo Pepe um, going to the Bundesliga, a lot of people thought it might have been financed a la, you know, the surge. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they might think that um, mm-hmm. I'm confident from hearing what I've heard that that's not necessarily the case, mm-hmm. uh, that there's actually an American minority owner that may have financed it himself. Okay. Uh, that comes from Stephen Goff. Uh, but it, it is just very immensely interesting. interesting because this is the building block that might not make Major League Soccer, you know, relevant, you know, a year from now. But if we become a selling league where these exports start to, you know, funnel into the European leagues mm-hmm. uh, and people tend to look at them and see maybe a Pepe scoring 10 plus goals in the Bundesliga in the future or mm-hmm. something like that, you will start to see the credibility come in as the first strings open in the U.S., Good so man. on and so forth. So anyway, Ricardo Pepe, big move to Augsburg. There's positives, there's negatives, positives in that he's going to play. Yeah. For that sum of money, you better be buying them to play. Be, um, and the negatives are, yeah, people probably expected a Dortmund or a Ajax or a whatever. Pepe. But um, Pepe. It's so it's yeah, twenty million dollars, and I have here my notes: sixteen million euros. Okay, for the European yes. listeners, yes. this is big money for a U.S. talent that's playing in the MLS, in my opinion. And I'm gonna say this about Pepe: I like him. He's a very good finisher. I'm excited to see. And I feel like it's a very, very smart move by his team, okay, to go to a team that you'll play immediately and will be handled the respect. So I like the Pepe move, but I just want to add up at the end, if it works out at Augsburg, we all know he's going to Bayern Munich. We Everyone (laughs) knows this guy's going to Bayern Munich. So our hopes are high, man. Let's see if it works out and let's hope it does. And yeah. Pepe guys really work. Uh, watch out for that. And yeah, transfers talk. I got to talk about the big boy transfer that everybody is seems to be tra- talking about at mm-hmm. La Liga. 
And that is Erling Haaland joining forces with Mbappé. And for me, this is the consequences of bad management from Bartomeu, okay? Because you are giving the opportunity to Real Madrid of dominating world football by having Vinicius Junior, Haaland, and Mbappé. Mbappé, they'll get him for free. It'll be signing costs will be high. They'll still spend like 30 million a year and to sign him up 40 to 50 million. So that'll be 80 million. Haaland, 60 million release cost. Hayala will get a fee too. It'll be approximately 100 million too. They'll spend 180 for these two. It's doable. Real Madrid yeah. can get these funds. So what are your thoughts on this? Like Real Madrid p- putting the dagger in football? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I mean, they're assembling the Avengers for a second run, right? (laughs) Assembling the the Galacticos, potentially, potentially. To be honest, there's really only a few clubs that can compete for these names, and Real Madrid is up there because Mm -hmm. their fiscal mismanagement is a little bit less than, say, Barcelona, who, you know, is is experiencing a reckoning and has a lot more Mm -hmm. craziness to unload, uh, which I know you've got a little more detail on. uh, Wink, wink. But... um, but, but no, I mean, Holland, I don't know if he's made it clear per se, but obviously mm-hmm. the reports that come out basically put Holland and La Liga over the Premier League. Yes. Um, so it, it, it does. And to be honest, it's, it's whether or not, yeah, can the two, can the two work together? Vinicius, Mbappe, Holland, that, that. Man, Barca that, fans. Oh, yeah. that's like the worst nightmare for Barcelona right there. But I think, yes, Haaland would prefer the La Liga to the Premier League because he will score more goals in the league of La Liga. No doubt in my opinion, man. And the style of play will be better for a poacher like Haaland with a player that likes to get the attention. And he'll be ready, big boy ready for the Champions League games, okay? Playing at Real Madrid at Barca or Barca because I do feel Barca have a shot to get Hurling Holland, okay? Hear me out, guys. I've been, I was doing some research, man. Like last night, seeing in the scrabbles, how can Barcelona get a player like Holland? And guys, this is shocking. I'm gonna say it in Powell's because that's how I what I found. But yeah. Barca right now, to this date, is playing Umtiti 263. I at 263 K thousand pounds. Dembele, yep. 287,000 pounds. Coutinho, 380,000 pounds. And Sergi Roberto, 160K, thousand pounds. Okay? These players add up to 1 million a week. So Dembele, Coutinho, Umtiti, and Sergi Roberto is 1 million a week. I am sure you ask a Barca fan, would you rather have three players that god knows who of the academy in holland or dembele coutinho sergi roberto numtiti every single person answers holland so going up with the whole wage bill now you got if we add umtiti dembele coutinho sergi roberto depay i think depay is going to leave next season aguero retired unfortunately 150k a week aguero uh Bright White, I don't think he'll stay. Bright White, Langley, Neto, and Luke De Jong is 400k a week, okay? Oh. And all the players I've mentioned in this whole segment is 1.7 million a week that, are, uh, that Barcelona is losing, okay? This is 
crazy. And the players that are going to benefit with this Deadwood, that it's Deadwood going out of the club. It's going to be Pedri, Fati, Nico Gonzalez has already renewed his contract with a five-year deal, which is fantastic. Ronald Araujo and Gavi, okay? These are the players that Barca has to lock in and say, stick with these and we're going to let this well, yeah, Deadwood like, go. It, it's like an Ajax approach, right? You mm-hmm. you trust your academy, and then you sprinkle in some some very solid uh, players, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I got. I know you just got your accountant's degree, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I got to push back because with mm-hmm. with these saddlebags mm-hmm. of cash going out the door mm-hmm. and just blowing holes in the PNL or whatever you want to call it, yes, uh, for Barcelona. Who will they I just get? Don't know how you easily get rid of these wage bills unless you just run out their their contracts or buy out their contracts, take an even bigger financial hit. They'll underpay. Uh, they'll 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 be underpaid because the yeah. wage is worth the underpay. <laughs> That's Coutinho leaving on uh, 30, 40 million is worth it because this guy is getting 380k a week. This is a lot for that wage bill, and therefore. Being with all these players going, I think Ferran Torres is the right move. It's a fantastic move for Barca to do. Aspiliqueta. If, like, if anyone hates on Aspiliqueta going to Barcelona, they don't know football. They no. don't know football because Aspiliqueta adds versatility, adds options, and adds experience to that team that they need it. Xavi yeah. needs it being a young coach. So, yeah. Anthony, too. Would be a very good player to go. A little bit like Neymar-esque type signing. Not the same level. But a very good player at winger. Because he wants that. He needs quality wingers for the style of play that he wants. Xavi. And the two. Messi's going to come back. <clears throat> Messi oh, is going to come back to Barcelona. Not oh. next season, but the other. Yes, he That's will yeah. come back. No, no, no. He will. I don't agree. Messi, Messi is going to come back to Barcelona when he ends up with PSG. And Delict is the player that I feel like. Or Holland or Delict. Raiola is going to get one of his players in the door of Barcelona. Okay. You just know it. You'll have Porta and Raiola with those talks. And I thought this cooking. So if it's. Both, I don't know. I feel, I feel like Raiola likes money up front. He doesn't he does. like money on a layaway plan. True, true, <laughs> true. But uh, I think it's possible. And for, and, and like imagine for two, for Holland too, if yeah. he is the lead player going up against the Galacticos. Okay, and putting up a good challenge and winning the Real Madrid team that he can with Pedri, Gavi, Fati, Ronaldo Araujo, he can with this core. Like, he can create himself the legacy of being the best player in the world and maybe in history if it works out for 10 years. Sure. Holland. So this is what is on the table, man. So I'm very excited. And I just wanted to end up too with Real. Real is going to sign Rudiger, Mbappé. And I do think they're going to get a right back. I don't know who. I think Pedro Poch would be a very good option from Sporting. And I saw Reese James. Okay. Reese yeah, James would that. be pen- I, just the fact that I, I really do believe in five years' time, Real Madrid is going to have three or four English players in it and quality English players. Okay. I feel like world's being global, man. English players are going abroad and big time English players will play at Real Madrid or Barca eventually. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to uh, happen too. I think it's more likely yeah, Real Madrid rules rules La Liga for a couple years while Barcelona um, works out all these kinks because um, 
come on, man. This bar, this bar, <laughs> Barcelona refresh is not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Xavi does not have superpowers. Laporta certainly does not have superpowers. And one guy coming in um, isn't necessarily going to fix everything, but they yes. have something that a lot of other clubs on this planet do not have. And that is that, that is that youth base. That is that youth base yes. that they can build upon. And those building blocks are absolutely vital to their refresh. Um, and, you know, one of these players might fizzle out. A Pedri, a Gavi, one of them, a Nico, one of them might not actually meet their, they it's might possible. hit a ceiling. It's, um, it's, it's very, very likely that, you know, not all these guys are going to turn out to be world beaters. So, you know, in a broader term, 2022 is going to be a massive, massive growing experience for Spain in general. Yes. Right. Yes. Is there yes. a new golden generation afoot? I agree. Or, or I is think it? There is. I think there is. Yeah. I think there is, Bretton. I think Ferra, Gavi, Pedri, even Ronaldo Araújo. I think there's a golden generation coming at Barcelona and for Spain. Yes, I believe. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, on paper, it looks, it just looks, it looks delightful. Any other transfer uh, you want to head up? Uh, no, I mean, those, those were the ones you, you hit on pretty well. Uh, <laughs> I think what we might have to save our uh, breakout players for next week. Yes, or but we, we gotta, we gotta say, we gotta. So, guys, if there's any <laughs> other transfer that we have missed out and you ha- want to have a chat. Put down below in the comment section, man. And yeah, this is the last segment. And it's going to be a lot. Uh, during this month, we're going to have a segment in which we will say our boldest prediction at the end of every podcast. Okay. Yep. So what is your boldest prediction for episode 37, Bretton? Okay. Okay. I don't know. I mean, some of some people might not even find this that bold, but um. There's just been a lot of love thrown Dusan Vlahovic's way mm-hmm. as of late. Uh, so I almost feel like this is becoming mainstream, but it, cer- it certainly wasn't three months ago when we were yes. talking about him. It wasn't six months ago when we were talking about him. But 2022, we all know, is going to be absolutely insane for Dusan mm-hmm. Vlahovic. He's going to make a big money move. No clue to where. I'm never going to predict that crap. Um, but Dusan Vlahovic is going to make a big money move. Mm-hmm. He's going to wind up on the Ballon d'Or shortlist okay. not not the final nominations but he will wind up on the shortlist top 30 you know. yep and are you ready for this mm-hmm. he's going to be the top in the top three scorers in the 2022 world cup world cup yeah hey! okay I, and i'm not Serbian. i'm not calling, I'm not calling for Serbia, serbia to go to the final in, in any way shape Jeez, or form Louis. but dusan Vlahovic is going to have one hell of a 2022 and he's going to cap it off or end it uh, okay. with, with you know, maybe five or six goals at the World Cup. I like that prediction, man. And he's got a man that will put the, the assist, Tadic. Yeah. <laughs> Tadic will put up the assist of Vlahovic. I like the, that prediction. The, there, there's like a few. Ser- Serbia, I'm not going to call him a dark horse yet. But I do like what they could do uh, in a World Cup if they get everyone there healthy. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to talk too much as PTSD type B. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Serbia, yeah, fantastic dark horses for sure. <laughs> I'm joking. You know, respect to Serbia, man. It's I hope you guys do well in the World Cup. But yep. I'm gonna go here with my prediction, and I even written it down. I believe Kane and Tottenham will win a trophy. Okay, I'm gonna go bold. I really believe Tottenham will get it through. Because the moment they made the decision of getting Antonio Conte, I yeah. loved it. I was, I didn't need, I didn't need more. I didn't need mm-hmm. more because they sacked 
Nun spielt es in der same Saison und sie get Conte? Für mich ist das Ding. Wir wollen die Trophies finally. Und ich supporte das. Because Son, Oiberg, Reguilon, Lloris, Romero, Emerson, hey. Davison Sanchez und Lucas Moura, all diese Spieler haben etwas in common. Und das ist Work-Rate. Und sie sind hungry. Okay? Sie wollen prove the world that they are fantastic players. And I believe in them. I believe in the squad. And I really do believe they're two, three signings away and mm -hmm. keeping Kane and Son, obviously, of possibly winning the Prem. That's what I'm saying. Yes, yes. I'm going bold here. I think Conte can manage it in the next two years if everything goes in the transfer window well. Okay? I, I really like do believe in it. So I I'm like going to go bold. I believe Tottenham will win a trophy and Kane will finally have his silverware. Which so you're... <laughs> can start a lot of questions in his head. Okay? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, That's... Harry Kane under Antonio Conte, is, he's, hey, the last week or two, uh, we've seen a little refresh of Harry Kane. So, yes. uh, maybe that continues. But I'm going to tell you right now, it, it seems like the race for the Carabao <laughs> Cup. The race for the Carabao <laughs> Cup is amongst us because Tottenham's not winning. Well, they're out of the Conference League, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that forfeit uh, to Stade Rene. Um, you know what I mean. That's what I'm hinting for. Yeah, so so basically, for. you're calling for Tottenham to win the Carabao Cup um, yes. over, yes. I guess, another club that could potentially do it if you're looking for another bold prediction in 2022. And that's <laughs> maybe Arsenal gets there first. Arsenal, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tottenham's going to have to get there over Chelsea. Arsenal's going to have to get to the final over Liverpool. Exactly. Uh, a Liverpool that likely is not going to have Salah. I actually don't know. Do we know? Is Salah, uh, I think it's January think, 6th. So yes. it's three, three days before AFCON starts. Well, well they have Salah, Sané, uh, Matip, four, and Keita I'm not for sure. the Carabao Cup I'm semi. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But it's uh, it's hard. It's hard losses, man. And I, But I do believe Tottenham, they'll get it done. So everyone, put your bold predictions in the comment section below, man. Let's, let's put a good combo. I hope, uh, go to FC. This, this podcast is sponsored by fcwonderkid.com, <laughs> guys. Go check it out. Go cop the merch, man. And I hope you guys enjoyed episode 37. For me, yeah. it was a wonderful episode. I really enjoyed doing this. And I hope you guys tune in to the AFCON matches because I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Follow us on Twitch because we will be doing a bunch of lives for that. And we got to say this uh, from the bottom of our hearts. Welcome to 2022 and, and thank yes. you for sticking with us. Uh, we're excited to get this off. We have a feeling 2022 is going to be a big year for FC Wonderkid as well. Uh, but it can only be a big one if, if you guys are involved. So yeah. thanks for watching. Uh, thanks. That's exactly it. Thanks for watching, guys. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed FC Wonder Kid episode 37. And have a nice one, guys.